0: section 17 of optics this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by pamela Krantz. optics by isaac newton book one part two proposition nine problem four by the discovered properties of light to explain the colors of the rainbow this bow never appears but where it rains in the sunshine and may be made artificially by spouting up water which may break aloft and scatter into drops and fall down like rain for the sun shining upon these drops certainly causes the bow to appear to a spectator standing in a due position to the rain and sun and hence it is now agreed upon that this bow is made by refraction of the sun's light in drops of falling rain this was understood by some of the ancients, and of late more fully discovered and explained by the famous Antonius de Domini, Archbishop of Spalato, in his book De Visus in Luci*, published by his friend Bartolus at Venice, in the year 1611, and written above twenty years before. For he teaches there how the interior bow is made in round drops of rain, by two refractions of the sun's light and one reflection between them, and the exterior by two refractions, and two sorts of reflections between them, and each drop of water, and proves his explications by experiments made with a phial full of water, and with globes of glass filled with water, and placed in the sun to make the colors of the two bows appear in them. The same explication Descartes hath pursued in his meteors, and mended that of the exterior bow." But whilst they understood not the true origin of colors, it's necessary to pursue it here a little farther. For understanding, therefore, how the bow is made, let a drop of rain, or any other spherical transparent body, be represented by the sphere BNFG, in figure 14, described with the center C and semi-diameter CN. And let AN be one of the sun's rays incident upon it at N, and thence refracted to F, where let it either go out of the sphere by refraction towards V, or be reflected to G, and at G, let it either go out by refraction to R, or be reflected to H, and at H let it go out by refraction towards S, cutting the incident ray in Y. Produce an and rg till they meet in x, and upon ax and nf let fall the perpendiculars cd and ce, and produce cd till it fall upon the circumference at l. Parallel to the incident ray an draw the diameter bq, and let the sine of incidence out of air into water be to the sine of refraction as i to r. Now if you suppose the point of incidence n, to move from the point B continually till it come to L, the arch QF will first increase and then decrease, and so will the angle AXR which the rays AN and GR contain, and the arch QF and angle AXR will be biggest when ND is to CN as the square root of II-RR to the square root of 3 times rr, in which case ne will be to nd as 2r to i. Also the angle Ays, which the rays An and Hs contain, will first decrease, and then increase, and grow least when nd is to cn as the square root of ii minus rr to the square root of 8, times rr, in which case ne will be to nd as 3R to I. And so the angle which the next emergent ray, that is, the emergent ray after three reflections, contains with the incident ray AN will come to its limit when ND is to CN as the square root of II minus r to the square root of 15 times r, in which case NE will be to ND as 4R to I. And the angle which the ray next after that emergent, that is, the ray emergent after four reflections, contains with the incident, will come to its limit, when ND is to CN, as the square root of II minus RR, to the square root of 24, times RR. In which case, NE will be to ND as 5R to I, and so on infinitely, the numbers 3, 8, 15, twenty four etc being gathered by continual addition of the terms of the arithmetical progression three five seven nine etc the truth of all this mathematicians will easily examine now it is to be observed that as when the sun comes to his tropics days increase and decrease but a very little for a great while together so when by increasing the distance CD these angles come to their limits, they vary their quantity but very little for some time together, and therefore a far greater number of the rays which fall upon all the points N in the quadrant BL shall emerge in the limits of these angles than in any other inclinations. And farther it is to be observed that the rays which differ in refrangibility will have different limits of their angles of emergence and by consequence according to their different degrees of refrangibility, emerge most copiously in different angles, and being separated from one another appear each in their proper colors, and what those angles are may be easily gathered from the foregoing theorem by computation. For in the least refrangible rays the signs I and R, as was found above, are 108 and 81, and thence by computation the greatest angle axr will be found forty-two degrees in two minutes and the least angle ays fifty degrees and fifty-seven minutes and in the most refrangible rays the signs i and r are one hundred nine and eighty-one and thence by computation the greatest angle axr will be found forty degrees in seventeen minutes and the least angle ays fifty four degrees and seven minutes suppose now that o in figure fifteen is the spectator's eye and op a line drawn parallel to the sun's rays and let poe pof pog poh be angles of forty degrees seventeen minutes forty two degrees two minutes fifty degrees fifty seven minutes and fifty four degrees seven minutes respectively and these angles turned about their common side op shall with their other sides oe of og oh describe the verges of two rainbows af be and ch dg for if efgh be drops placed anywhere in the conical superficies described by oe of og oh and be illuminated by the sun's rays se sf s g s h the angle s e o being equal to the angle p o e or forty degrees seventeen minutes shall be the greatest angle in which the most refrangible rays can after one reflection be refracted to the eye and therefore all the drops in the line o e shall send the most refrangible rays most copiously to the eye and thereby strike the senses with the deepest violet colour in that region and in like manner the angle sfo being equal to the angle pof or 42 degrees two minutes shall be the greatest in which the least refrangible rays after one reflection can emerge out of the drops and therefore those rays shall come most copiously to the eye from the drops in the line of of and strike the senses with the deepest red color in that region and by the same argument the rays which have intermediate degrees of refrangibility shall come most copiously from drops between e and f and strike the senses with the intermediate colours in the order which their degrees of refrangibility require that is in the progress from e to f or from the inside of the bow to the outside in this order violet indigo blue green yellow orange red but the violet by the mixture of the white light of the clouds Will appear faint and inclined to purple. Again, the angle SGO being equal to the angle POG, or 50 degrees 51 minutes, shall be the least angle in which the least refrangible rays can, after two reflections, emerge out of the drops, and therefore the least refrangible rays shall come most copiously to the eye from the drops in the line OG, and strike the sense with the deepest red in that region and the angle SHO being equal to the angle POH, or 54 degrees 7 minutes, shall be the least angle in which the most refrangible rays, after two reflections, can emerge out of the drops. And therefore those rays shall come most copiously to the eye from the drops in the line OH, and strike the senses with the deepest violet in that region. And by the same argument the drops in the regions between G and H shall strike the sense with the intermediate Colours in the order which their degrees of refrangibility require, that is, in the progress from G to H, or from the inside of the bow to the outside in this order, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. And since these four lines OE, OF, OG, OH, may be situated anywhere in the above-mentioned conical superficies what is said of the drops and colors in these lines is to be understood of the drops and colors everywhere in those superficies thus shall there be made two bows of colors an interior and stronger by one reflection in the drops and an exterior and fainter by two for the light becomes fainter by every reflection and their colors shall lie in a contrary order to one another the red of both bows bordering upon the space GF, which is between the bows. The breadth of the interior bow, EOF, measured across the colors, shall be 1 degree 45 minutes, and the breadth of the exterior, GOH, shall be 3 degrees 10 minutes, and the distance between them, GOF, shall be 8 degrees 15 minutes, the greatest semi-diameter of the innermost, that is the angle POF being forty two degrees two minutes and the least semi-diameter of the outermost pog being fifty degrees fifty seven minutes these are the measures of the bows as they would be were the sun but a point for by the breadth of his body the breadth of the bows will be increased and their distance decreased by half a degree and so the breadth of the interior iris will be two degrees fifteen minutes that of the exterior three degrees forty minutes their distance eight degrees twenty-five minutes the greatest semi-diameter of the interior bow forty-two degrees seventeen minutes and the least of the exterior fifty degrees forty-two minutes and such are the dimensions of the bows in the heavens found to be very nearly when their colours appear strong and perfect for once by such means as i then had i measured the greatest semi-diameter of the interior iris about forty-two degrees and the breadth of the red, yellow, and green, in that iris, sixty-three or sixty-four minutes, besides the outmost faint red obscured by the brightness of the clouds, for which we may allow three or four minutes more. The breadth of the blue was about forty minutes more, besides the violet, which was so much obscured by the brightness of the clouds that I could not measure its breadth. But supposing the breadth of the blue and violet together to equal that of the red, yellow, and green together, the whole breadth of this iris will be about two and a quarter degrees as above. The least distance between this iris and the exterior iris was about eight degrees and thirty minutes. The exterior iris was broader than the interior, but so faint, especially on the blue side, that I could not measure its breadth distinctly. At another time, when both bows appeared more distinct, I measured the breadth of the interior iris two degrees ten minutes, and the breadth of the red, yellow, and green in the exterior iris was to the breadth of the same colours in the interior as three to two. This explication of the rainbow is yet farther confirmed by the known experiment, made by Antonius de Domini and Descartes, of hanging up anywhere in the sunshine a glass globe filled with water and viewing it in such a posture that the rays which come from the globe to the eye may contain with the sun's rays an angle of either forty-two or fifty degrees for if the angle be about forty-two or forty-three degrees the spectator suppose at o shall see a full red colour in that side of the globe opposed to the sun as tis represented at f and if that angle become less, suppose by depressing the globe to E, there will appear other colors, yellow, green and blue, successive in the same side of the globe. But if the angle be made about 50 degrees, suppose by lifting up the globe to G, there will appear a red color in that side of the globe towards the sun. And if the angle be made greater, suppose by lifting up the globe to H, the red will turn successively to the other colors yellow green and blue the same thing I have tried by letting a globe rest and raising or depressing the eye or otherwise moving it to make the angle of a just magnitude I have heard it represented that if the light of a candle be refracted by a prism to the eye when the blue color falls upon the eye the spectator shall see red in the prism and when the red falls upon the eye he shall see blue AND IF THIS WERE CERTAIN, THE COLORS OF THE GLOBE AND RAINBOW OUGHT TO APPEAR IN A CONTRARY ORDER TO WHAT WE FIND. BUT THE COLORS OF THE CANDLE, BEING VERY FAINT, THE MISTAKE SEEMS TO ARISE FROM THE DIFFICULTY OF DISCERNING WHAT COLORS FALL ON THE EYE. FOR ON THE CONTRARY I HAVE SOMETIMES HAD OCCASION TO OBSERVE IN THE SUN'S LIGHT REFRACTED BY A PRISM, THAT THE SPECTATOR ALWAYS SEES THAT COLOR IN THE PRISM WHICH FALLS UPON HIS EYE. And the same I have found true also in candlelight, For when the prism is moved slowly from the line which is drawn directly from the candle to the eye, the red appears first in the prism and then the blue, and therefore each of them is seen when it falls upon the eye, for the red passes over the eye first and then the blue. The light which comes through drops of rain by two refractions, without any reflection, ought to appear strongest at the distance of about twenty-six degrees from the sun, AND TO DECAY GRADUALLY BOTH WAYS AS THE DISTANCE FROM HIM INCREASES AND DECREASES. AND THE SAME IS TO BE UNDERSTOOD OF LIGHT TRANSMITTED THROUGH SPHERICAL HAILSTONES. AND IF THE HAIL BE A LITTLE FLATTED, AS IT OFTEN IS, THE LIGHT TRANSMITTED MAY GROW SO STRONG AT A LITTLE LESS DISTANCE THAN THAT OF twenty-six DEGREES AS TO FORM A HALO ABOUT THE SUN OR MOON. WHICH HALO, AS OFTEN AS THE HAILSTONES ARE DULY FIGURED, MAY BE COLORED, and then it must be red within by the least refrangible rays, and blue without by the most refrangible ones, especially if the hailstones have opaque globules of snow in their center to intercept the light within the halo, as Eugenius has observed, and make the inside thereof more distinctly defined than it would otherwise be. For such hailstones, though spherical, by terminating the light by the snow, may make a halo red within, and colorless without, and darker in the red than without, as halos used to be. For of those rays which pass close by the snow the rubriform form will be least refracted, and so come to the eye in the directest lines. The light which passes through a drop of rain after two refractions, and three or more reflections, is scarce strong enough to cause a sensible bow, but in those cylinders of ice by which Eugenius explains the parhelia, it may perhaps be sensible." End of section 17 Recording by Pamela Krantz